What's going on? Welcome into the Pelicans podcast, a game day edition, a playing edition presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Let's get right to our guest. She, you know it's a big game when Doris Burke is here and Mark Jones, Doris Burke, Cassie Hubbard will have the call tonight on ESPN. Doris, I really appreciate the time. This is the best time of the year. How are you? I'm superb and you're right. You know, I've always said to people, when you walk into an NBA arena, when the playoffs are here, and I know this is the play-in technically, not the playoffs, but there's almost this tangible energy in the building. It's, the air is different. The level of intensity is different. You hear veterans say it all the time to the young guys, just wait, and now we're here, so it's great. And this is a team that's really hasn't been here that much, or some of the guys have yeah. been. There's been yeah. some guys who experienced, like CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, but a lot of these guys, Gleam Brandinger, haven't been this before. What what should they be expecting tonight in such a, a big game, a do-or-die game? Yeah, um, it's interesting you bring up CJ because um, – you know, he along with Chris Paul are the two guys that I would say that I've come across that watch as much film as anybody. And having covered CJ's run to the Western Conference Finals, which they obviously lost, uh, I remember him talking about late game execution, free throw line and down, getting the right shots in the right moments. And uh, obviously his presence here has been huge. And I think you have to lean into those guys who've been here before. And uh, so if Brandon and CJ make early shots, I think the rest of the guys can you know, settle in a little bit and take a breath and say, all right, our guys are cooking, we're good. Absolutely, so kind of piggyback, CJ's presence on the court, is that gonna be something that you look out for in the first couple of minutes? Just some of these young guys like Herb Jones starting BI to be like, yeah. hey, play your game and kind of, yeah. I know your energy's gonna be up with this crowd, but kind of just play your game and kind of make the first shot and then go from there. You know, I've always thought, like, in, a, in these environments, if you could throw yourself into the details, if you can throw yourself in particular to the defensive end of the floor, because everybody's pretty hyped, there is a different level of energy. And uh, it's funny, I just chatted with Willie very briefly. We will do our pregame uh, a little bit closer to tip, but I said one of the things about the Spurs is they don't beat themselves. And so, you know, number one in the league in turnover margin, assist-to-turnover ratio, you know, Pop's been doing this a long time. The other thing they don't typically do is foul a lot. And uh, it's amazing when you focus on the details, throw yourself into knowing your personnel that you're guarding, um, the details of the defensive game plan. If you could sort of lock in on that side of the ball, to me it's always relieved a little pressure offensively because your first thing in your, in your mind is, what is my defensive assignment? And so I'll be interested, do the young guys lock in on that end? Because I do just think it just allows you to breathe a little bit and not focus on, I've got to make this shot. There's a different level of pressure. Those shots are harder. We've seen alligator arms across all levels of basketball when it matters the most. And the way to avoid that to me is let's focus on the other details. Last time I saw you here was October 27th against the Hawks, one of the first weeks of the season. My, my, how this team has changed yeah. since then. How would you describe, just based on what you've seen from them this entire year from afar, and even from that game to this, how they've evolved in order to get to this point? First of all, the fact that you could be at one point, three and 16, with a 40-year-old head coach in his first year, and not have the group fracture, and not have the group completely fall apart, speaks to the character of the organization, the staff, Willie's leadership, and the men who are competing between the lines. Because do you know how easy it is to let go of the rope at 3 and 16? And I asked Brandon Ingram, how does Willie, who obviously, 
you know, has a background as a player and has been on championship staffs. How does he stay able to keep the group together? And the first thing he said was he never changed. He was so consistent through the adversity, through the losing. And you have to remember, out of the gates, they they were a little banged up, as you, you've already mentioned, the youth, the lack of experience. And their opponent tonight is in a similar circumstance. The Spurs have been in games all year, but winning games and being in games are two different things in the NBA. It's a process, right? When you're young and you haven't been there before, it's almost like you have to take your lumps. Absolutely. Before we get to the Spurs, I do want to talk about Willie Green. Just you're yeah. able to talk to him, and just from what you observed in your one look, he's coached under Steve Kerr. He's coached under Monty Williams, and I feel like Willie and Monty are to a T almost the same person, yeah. the way they monitor. Just yeah. What strikes you the most about what Willie's been able to do and just how he's able to, like you mentioned, take a team from 3-16 and 16 this first year to get them in the spot where they are right now? For me, Willie seems to be this, um, this great combination of um, – I think he believes deeply in his bas- how he believes basketball should be played. You come from a system with uh, Steve Kerr, and obviously you mentioned Monty. Both are believers in the collective, um, that to, to be a great basketball team, to make sure everybody feels like they're involved, that it's about the in-group, it's not about star players necessarily. You need stars to win. Um, and he's, he's, so he believes deeply, but he does it with this air of humility, too, and sort of just being consistent in, hey, you know, we're going to face our adversity. We're going to keep our habits the same. We're going to work every day to, to make the group better. And uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, to put together the stretch run they put together uh, and have things fall with the Lakers the way they fell is just really something else. I, I can't wait to watch this game because I think you have two teams who um, their future looks bright because they have talented young pieces, and how do they you know, sort of put the building blocks together? They've both established their foundation. What happens from here? You talk about teams that need stars to get to this point, mm-hmm. um, but the Spurs, they have DeJounte Murray, an yeah. all-star. Yeah. They're kind of in the same position, like you mentioned, with the Pelicans, but this is a team that traded Derek White during the trade deadline yeah. and are still just doing what they do along under Greg Popovich. What sticks out to you about them and kind of how they've gotten to this point as well? So a long time ago, um, I leaned heavily into, you know, having Hubie Brown and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. And I remember Jeff Van Gundy saying something to me that I've never forgotten, um, that no matter what level of basketball you're playing, if you give up one contested shot and you defensive rebound, and you don't turn it over on the offensive end, you're going to give yourself a chance most nights. And uh, I feel like, you know, I see that with the San Antonio Spurs. DeJounte Murray obviously is taking a trip uh, in terms of like, you know, somebody who was a, you know, I don't want to say contemporary, but played with Tony Parker, played with Manu Ginobili very early. And, um, or they were around the organization. So he saw sort of what the foundation of the Spurs, quote, the Spurs way. And, uh, and to see him now achieve something that only Magic and Michael have done, you know, 20 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals, um, you know, working hard to develop the, the range shooting. He's obviously incredible in the mid-range. Watch that guy play on the defensive end, the floor six four seven one wingspan. You see it with your Pelicans because mm-hmm. you, you've got so much length. 
Um, but what's interesting to me is, you know, the Spurs, and it doesn't matter who's been on their roster, because when DeMar DeRozan was on their roster, as the whole league shifted to all this emphasis on three-point shooting, I remember asking their staff, well, you guys aren't buying in there. They're believers, and we're going to play to our strength. That's how That's how our guys are comfortable. That's who we're going to be. See, you got me all... <laughs> like, I just go on these answers. No, I know sometimes I lose track of what your question was. <laughs> no, absolutely. Before I let you go, and you're doing prep for the, tonight's game, yeah, yeah. what's going to be the biggest X factor, whether it's for the Spurs or for the Pelicans? What is this game going to come down to tonight? I mean, it's going to sound so basic, and I just put the same question to Willie Green, and he mm -hmm. said execution because the Spurs don't beat themselves, right? They're not going to turn it over. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is you have two guys who are exceptional in the mid-range in Brandon and in CJ, and the Spurs are next to last, I believe, in field goal percentage allowed in the mid-range. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what gives there, if anything. Um, but I also found this intriguing. When I walked in the gym today, Brandon Ingram was working with Fred Vinson on his three, and I had a chance to speak with him. And I said, you know, the last two years, you made over two threes per game. Your attempts have come down, your makes have come down. He said, I promise you this, if they, sh if they close out short to me, I'm letting it fly. So I'll be fascinated. Does he make a lot of threes? Let's hope so. Definitely need the shooting tonight against the Spurs. That's Doris Burke. She'll be at the call on Mark Jones and Cassie Hubbard on ESPN. Enjoy the atmosphere tonight. Sold out crowd inside the Smoothie King Center. I appreciate the time. You got it. Pleasure to be with you. Good stuff there from Doris Burke. Always a pleasure when she's able to come into town. And glad I could steal her for a few minutes to talk about tonight's game. A big night tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. Again, weather permitting, there'll be stuff outside for you to do with a beer garden and music and drinks and everything like that. Make sure you show up early. Doors will open early at 7 p.m. in case it does rain. And also, if you just want to get in and start going places and hanging out, the sports bar up in section 104 105 is where we will be for our pregame show starting from 7.30 and we'll go all the way to 8.30. So stop by there and say hello. Also tune in on pelicans.com for their live stream pregame show from 7 to 8. It'll be Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Aaron Summers doing that. There'll be some interviews with some front office executives and just plenty of previews for tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Also, it's a red out. If you don't have any red, don't worry. The Pelicans will supply you with a red t-shirt on your seat. Everyone that gets in the building will get a t-shirt. So it's a big one. 8.30 p.m. Central. It's a sellout. So if you don't have any tickets, you're missing out. But you can watch it on ESPN or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. If the Pelicans are able to win tonight, hopefully we'll say when the Pelicans win tonight. They'll take on the Los Angeles Clippers on Friday night. That's a 9 p.m. Central tip. It's already been announced. And also the Western Conference round one has been announced. So if the Pelicans are able to get by the Clippers as well on Friday, game one against the Suns would be on Sunday night, but we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. We'll have more on that on Friday. Hopefully, our podcast will be a preview of Pelicans Clippers. If not, we'll recap the season with our ESPN New Orleans radio crew and kind of put a bow on the 2021-2022 season. I hope everyone has a great day. I hope everyone gets geared up. Tell the boss that you're feeling a little ill. Get out early and enjoy the rest of your day. And until tonight, from the Smoothie King Center, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.